Super Talk Mississippi media production. Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Today we're going to have a bit of a departure from the regular rhythm of, the, of, of Coast View. Instead of focusing on someone who grew up here in coastal Mississippi who's literally changed the the landscape of, of coastal Mississippi, or an entrepreneur like we've done the last uh, several shows uh, who, who are betting the ranch on an idea or uh, some, some, thing, some business they want to launch, or even a coast character who's adding spice to the lives uh, for, for all of us here in coastal Mississippi, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to focus on one of the bookends today. Um, our guest today is going to help me focus on Hancock County's thriving economic engine. Today we're having a Coast View session with Bill Cork, the Executive Director and CEO of the Hancock County Port and Harbor Commission. He's going to help me turn the mirror to coastal to, to Hancock County's strategic importance for, of the coast, to the state, and really to the nation. Welcome, Bill, to the to the studio. Ricky, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is uh, this is exciting. Um, you know, I've often talked about these really important. Um, book bookends, one in Jackson County, one in, in Jackson County, one in Hancock County, one in Jackson County, that helped the coast region, the three coast counties, become the strongest strategically and otherwise to the rest of the state of Mississippi. So the first bookend is over in Jackson County. It's, um, it's east toward Alabama. It's where Ingalls Shipbuilding is located, the largest industrial employer in the state of Mississippi, and all those supporting industries. I'm looking forward to actually having George Freeland on the show He's the executive director for Jackson County Economic Development Foundation, and we're going to do a Coast View session actually next Tuesday and talk about the economic engine in Jackson County. And then in the middle of the bookends, you've got Harrison County, you know, a, a wide range of economic contributors, uh, not the least of which obviously is tourism and casinos and all the other amenities. I'm going to actually have a Coast View session with Bill Lavers, who is the executive director of Harrison County Economic Development Commission on April the 2nd. But today, we're going to talk about Hancock County. You know, Bill, if someone wasn't aware, they would uh, think of Hancock County as a sleepy bedroom community. You know, this beautiful Bay St. Louis and its downtown area. Of course, they know the kill because Brett Favre made it famous, you know, internationally. But a lot of people, and this is true from when I was publisher through today, when they hear what's happening in Hancock County, they are, they're blown away. Now, for starters, and I'll just kind of set it up. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kind of launch the conversation. NASA's Stennis Space Center. You've right. got Port Bienville Industrial Park with its direct access to uh, intercoastal waterway in the Mississippi Sound and access to Class 1 rail service. And we'll, you'll tell me in a second why that's really important. Mm-hmm. You've got Stennis International Airport. It's got an 8,500-foot ra- uh, runway. I mean, it can literally accommodate the largest aircraft in the world. It has a world-class terminal. And then, and then adjoined to it, it's got Stennis International Airpark. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, what's happening in Hancock County, what's happened in Hancock County over the many years to position it where it is today 
is truly extraordinary, isn't it, Bill? It really is. It's um, it's the reason I came to Mississippi. Um, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox in in Hancock County, as you mentioned, the the big three uh, industrial engines. I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that when you look at our our gross domestic product in in Hancock County, of course, federal spend is number one. Number two is manufacturing. I mean, who'd have thunk it, right? And we we kind of think of the coast as as a tourism-based economy, and that's certainly true in, in the central coast. But the second largest contributor to G- GDP in, Han- in Hancock County is manufacturing. And guess what the third is? It's technology development. We are a high-tech center of excellence. And these are things that people don't really realize about Hancock County when they, they, they come down and enjoy the blind tiger down on the beach or or go to 200 North Beach, or stay in one of our great bed and breakfasts, or attend one of our casinos, um, that we are we are a major manufacturing engine, major logistics player, not only for the coast, but for the entire state of Mississippi. So um, we have a lot of tools in the toolbox, a lot of toys to play with, and it's just a really exciting time, especially with our economy being hot right now. Everybody is just growing, and we're just excited to talk so about what's it. What's cool about, about um, Hancock County, and, and specifically... Stennis Space Center. But this is not true just to Stennis Space Center. For so long, one of our biggest exports has been our brain power. Mm-hmm. And when you've, got, when you've got places like Stennis Space Center, you have an opportunity to keep your brain power here and bring amazing brain, brain power in. I was mentioning to you the conversation I had with Frank Willem. Um, he has the Willem Group now, but he was one of the three partners that started the Triton Systems, right. the largest ATM producer in the United States. They met at Stennis. And then you got uh, you know our friend Mark Henderson from Lazy Magnolia, who's got patents and sophisticated radar systems and all that. You know he cut his teeth at the Stennis Space Center. I mean those those kind of stories are, are there are many of them, aren't there? There really are. In fact, I was just a week or so ago. I was finishing up a ten day trip to Israel, and I was in a in a small coffee shop in in the old city of Jerusalem. Uh, and in the coffee shop was a Triton ATM machine uh, with all the Hebrew language on the screen. And uh, I took a selfie and sent it to Daryl Cornell, who's the, the CEO of Triton in Long Beach, who's also on the Hancock County Port and Harbor Commission board, mm-hmm. and told him that I couldn't mm-hmm. escape from from uh, <laughs> Triton and, and Daryl Cornell, even when I, I traveled halfway across the world. So, you know, it's we really have a global marketplace in Hancock County, and I'm excited to talk about that just as a quick rundown. At Port Bienville alone, almost every major company is foreign-owned. You have Jindal Tubular producing steel coil uh, pipe uh, for the oil and gas business. That's an Indian company. Sabic, uh, plastics manufacturer, Saudi Arabian, DAC Americas, Mexican. Uh, Calgon Carbon, which used to be an American company, was bought by the Japanese. So they're a Japanese company. We have a small uh, polymer ammunition manufacturer called Mac LLC, which is owned, owned by a Norwegian affiliate. Um, Rolls-Royce testing jet engines at Stennis is, is a UK-based company. When people think about Hancock County, uh, SNF Polychemy, which is a French company, um, when they think about Hancock County, I don't think they, they think of Hancock County as a mecca for foreign direct investment and international ownership. Yes, yeah, some of the most important brain power, some of the most important work, um, some of the most important development work, some of the most important strategic work, You've got you've got a military presence there. We're going to get into all that as we get into this conversation. Before we go any further, I'm just curious. Did you grow up in Illinois? I did. I grew yeah. up in the cornfields of Illinois, about 45 miles west of Chicago, in a little town called Plano, Illinois, next to a hog farm out right. in the country. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, and you went to school there. I went to school. Went to high school there. Grew up there. Uh, met my wife there. We got married in high school. 
believe yeah. it or not, and then off to the Marine Corps and the University of Illinois uh, at Urbana-Champaign, where I got a degree in philosophy, believe it or not, but a master's degree in urban and regional planning and economic development, and uh, I've been an economic nomad ever since. <laughs> so your path took you th- through Texas. What'd you do there? Uh, my last job before coming to Mississippi, uh, uh, well, I had a company in Texas right before I came here, but before that, I, I spent seven and a half years as the CEO of the Tex America Center, which was a 13,000-acre industrial development in Texas. Uh, uh, it was a former military base uh, redevelopment project, and uh, they closed the base there, and we, we took over three and a half million square feet of buildings and 13,000 acres of real estate and 36 miles of rail and converted that into a massive new industrial park. And I've I spent a very good chunk of my career working in distressed industrial development type of projects, uh, mostly in the area of military base realignment and closure. Mm-hmm. So I worked in about 25 communities all throughout the United States and um, also had a little tour through ener- the energy industry. Uh, when, we, when they deregulated electricity and gas, I worked for a California-based company called Sempra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and brought them into the Midwest, uh, Illinois, Ohio, and Michigan uh, for electricity and natural gas sales. So between energy and real estate and uh, industrial development, I've been at that for about 30 years. Yeah, I was thinking about the people that I've had on the show, about 40 actually so far. Uh, you get, you came here in 2016, so you actually may be the first one. You may be the newest coastal Mississippians is, is the way I would like to say that. Um, we couldn't wait to get here. Uh, hey, a lot of people say that. I mean, even if they came at, you know, I came here at four, some came here at five and six, some came here in their teens and whatever. And they all say, yeah, they got here as quick as they could get here, right? Um, but it is interesting that you, you came, you have an outsider's perspective. So you, you had whatever perceptions you had in place prior to coming here. And then you've been able to either solidify those observations or change them and develop some new ones of your own. Um, we're actually coming to the end uh, soon of this particular segment, but what, what was your perception coming in? Well, unfortunately, I had an opportunity in, in the in the mid nineteen nineties. Uh, I was working for a company on the East Coast in Maryland, and we 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 set up an office at Stennis Space Center about nineteen ninety six or ninety seven, I think. And uh, I got a chance to meet some of the the, rem- the remote sensing scientists at NASA, and and got to spend a little bit of time here. And so I knew Stennis from that business. I'd set up a corporate office uh, with ICF there, and I got to meet a guy by the name of David Brannon, who was the director of the commercial remote sensing uh, business there, who's now one of my tenants at Stennis uh, Airport. But uh, what I learned about the the coast back then was that this was a lot more than just uh, what you think of as rural, kind of backwater Mississippi. You know, being a Yankee, you have perceptions about the South, those have been completely dispelled since I've been here, and we've just come to fall in love with it. How what a great, uh, great place it is! I want to drill down on that even further as we as we uh, continue that part of the conversation, and then I really want to take a step back and say, okay, what's the structure of your organization, which is slightly different actually than the other developmental uh, economic developmental organizations on the coast? It's going to be a great education, but we'll come back to perception in just a second. Um, this is uh, Bill Cork, who's the executive director of the Hancock Port and Harbor Commission, and is a inc- incredible diversified holdings that, that Bill is responsible for. And you'll get a feel for that as we continue this conversation after the break. We'll see you in just a second. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Slow? 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to the Coast View. We have uh, Bill Cork with us today, who's the executive director and CEO of the Hancock County Port and Harbor Commission. It sounds so, when I say that, it sounds, I don't know how to. It's a mouthful. (laughs) It is. It is. And I guess it's attempting to say what it is, but it's so much more than that. And you'll you'll get a sense for that in just a second. But before we went to break, Bill talked about growing up in Illinois, going to school in Illinois. He was in the military for a short period of time. He actually had his own consulting business, and he was in the economic development business. And uh, so he brought a lot of experience, a lot of perspective when he came here. And uh, one of the one of the things we were beginning to have a conversation about is his immediate impression, you know, coming in from outside of Mississippi into into Mississippi. He actually said he'd been here before because in one of his prior gigs, he actually helped stand up an office for one of his companies at the Stennis Space Center. So he had a sense that something really important was happening here. But he got has a great perspective. He's only been here officially for two since 2016. So he's in a unique position to talk about what he's heard, what he thought about the perception of Mississippi, and then what he's experienced since he's here. I want to really kind of zero in on that a little bit more. So let's continue that, Bill. What what um, what are the things that you've noted since you've been here? Um, how do we think of ourselves? Do we have do we think of ourselves as being the underdog too much? Uh, are there more opportunities for us when we leave to to represent Mississippi in a different way? What's your what's your thought about that? Look, I've worked in a lot of, I grew up in a rural community. Um, I've worked in a lot of rural communities. uh, And what I've I've discovered in rural America is that I think sometimes we're harder on ourselves than than our external uh, stakeholders are on us, which is good because we're resilient. We're very self-reliant. I mean, the Mississippi Gulf Coast has clearly demonstrated its resilience, uh, you know, after one disaster after another. you know, we've we've lifted ourselves up, you know, by our bootstraps, and and uh, and so we're harder on ourselves, I think, than other people are. L- let me tell you my perspective from the economic development business. I talk to corporate executives literally all over the world. I've been to India and France and the UK and and uh, and all over the United States, and I ask those executives when they're making site location decisions or investment decisions in their companies, what are they most concerned about? What's the thing that keeps them, you know? Uh, up at night and and they say look we're we want talent we want people i said well what's the perception of mississippi's talent some of the best and most productive talent that they have anywhere in their corporate enterprise i give you individual testimonials from the ceo of calgon carbon who says this plant is more productive than any of their plants in the world um the same could be said of, of places like sabic and dac when you when we do our business retention and expansion surveys we do a 140-question survey of, uh, of these companies. We ask them detailed perception questions. When it comes to workforce, quality of life, uh, and just the, the, the business climate here, it is second to none. And so I think we are a little bit too hard on ourselves, uh, and we argue over things that really aren't on the minds of, of the folks that are making investment decisions here. That's, that's the takeaway for me. These, these conversations have been so interesting to me, and I, I, I want what I want people to see in these conversations are people like you who have a real perception about us coming in, what you've discovered here, your travels around the world, and what people are saying about us. You know, Mississippi for a long time did did earn a, a reputation for being last, and unfortunately, in a lot of different categories. But you know, I've had conversations with Mary Graham from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, who's workforce training and 
and and just pure college uh, contributions to the coast are, are significant. You know, we, in Mississippi, had one of the best community college systems in the country. Mm-hmm. Then people like Wayne Rodolfich over in uh, the Jack, over in Jackson County as a as a superintendent of education doing incredibly innovative things, and in Glen East here in Gulfport, and it, the list really goes on and on. With all these leaders focused on helping Mississippi solve the, the education issue, um, helping us understand that, the, as you well know better than anybody, that the 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 uh, new economy, the economy where we're headed, when you travel across the United States, when you ask the question about what's the perception about our workforce, that's probably one of the most important answers you can get because in the future, they're not going to relocate just based on a, a good good uh, location, maybe a great climate. They want to know there's a workforce there that can work. Workforce is number one. You know, it yeah. used to be, in the old days, it used to be location, location, location. And uh, that is still very true, especially for logistics-based businesses. They're, they're optimizing their logistics and supply chain to make mm-hmm. sure that transportation is a key factor there. But um, for most companies, the number one concern on their mind is workforce. And what our companies tell us, and we've interviewed over 120 of the largest companies in Hancock County, and have, have we know the answer to this question. Reliability, um, productivity, stability, all rock solid, higher than the national average in terms of perceptions. Workforce availability, well below the national average. We have a workforce shortage here, and it's not necessarily bodies that we're short of. We're short of skills match the match between the skills the companies need and the skills that our workers um, are available to deliver in the current marketplace. So we have a deficit. I mean, we have a company at Stennis uh, Space Center right now, Relativity Space, that needs 190 um, aerospace type of of production workers. They're building a a brand new 3D printed rocket factory out at Stennis. Fascinating uh, business. And um, you know, trying to find people that know that industry, the material science, the, the the special kind of equipment, industrial maintenance in those plants, that's very specialized business. And so we have to customize our training to address those those high-paying jobs, which and, average about $90,000 a year, by the way. And, Bill, as we said so many times before, it's complicated because it's not just about saying, okay, hey, these job opportunities are over here, let's go do that. People who choose to come here and work at those places – the the, the 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 creative class so to speak the engineers the architects the you know the the digital media the the writers the list goes on and on they want to live work and play in a very similar area they don't they don't necessarily want to go, go way out into the urban area i mean rural area and drive into work they so workforce housing the kind of quality of life opportunities that are available to them and and, and basically it's complicated we have to have a, a master plan around this, and I think as we go forward, we're going to talk strategically here in a second. But you see, in all the conversations I'm having, that that every key leader focused on strategic opportunity for coastal Mississippi and the competitive nature of coastal Mississippi to all these other communities that are doing it right. That that we better think about that new economy, that creative class in a different way. You hear that all the time, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and, you know, this this term creative economy and, and this creative class, uh, look, every job is in that class, every job now. You know, when we talk about industrial uh, type of jobs, let's say at Port Bienville or at Stennis, like with Relativity Space, these are folks that are thoughtful, creative, critical thinkers, have a, have a wide array of skill sets. Uh, to be a productive member of this economy, even in an industrial manufacturing sense, um, it's a different type of employee. We don't have the kind of manufacturing where it's, uh, 
you know, repetitive, single task type of work anymore. This is folks that can go in and program equipment and do industrial maintenance and troubleshoot and problem solve. This is a whole host of critical skills now that we're assessing for. And, and in Hancock County, we were the first on the coast to get in our ACT work-ready community status, for example. The other two coastal counties are trailing behind but are, are successfully following us. Uh, but that helps assess those skills. And so we are in the, we're in the forefront of trying to determine what our workforce can deliver, how adaptable they can be to this new market, and then find customized programs with the companies and our, our trade schools and community colleges to fit those skill sets. But I'll also tell you that you mentioned community development. To me, this is the biggest problem we have on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's certainly a problem in Hancock County, and we've been very vocal about this. You know, when I first got here, um, I was wondering if we have all these manufacturing jobs, where are these people living? Because they don't appear to be living in Hancock County. It's just obvious when you look at it. We did a Freedom of Information Act request on the NASA Stennis Space Center badge office. And of about four or 5,000 badges that they issue out there, I got the zip codes of where everybody lives. A Han- lot coming from Louisiana. Hancock County's in fourth place. Yeah. All right. Number one is St. Tammany Parish in all of Louisiana. Number two is Pearl River County. Number three is Harrison County. Number four is Hancock County. And most of those folks live in Diamond Head, okay, right off the interstate. Um, so when, when we talk about the Mississippi Gulf Coast from a workforce perspective, we have to be able to expand our thinking beyond the three coastal counties and incorporate Louisiana, Pearl River County. Um, and I think Jackson County has the same issues. Yeah, you know? I'm sure they do. I mean, the, yeah. the NASA Stennis Space Center center director lives in Slidell. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the manager of the Ingalls Shipbuilding Yard lives in Mobile, Alabama. The law, say, of course, I spent some time in Mobile, but the law, at one point, Ingalls was the largest employer in Mobile County. I believe that. It's still still probably in the top five, but but think about that for a second. Well, it's really important for us as community leaders because the payroll-related impacts associated with these high-paying, high-quality jobs is where you get the economic benefit in your community. It's what's paying for your churches and your schools and your your civic organizations. And when these folks are taking their paycheck and going home to Slidell or, you know, Covington, Louisiana, they're not spending that money here in Hancock County or in Harrison County or, or in nearby areas. And this is where we lose, you know, our economic vitality. And I think some of the, the information that's come out uh, from places like the Gulf Coast Business Council, which have been advoc- advocating for changes in the way we think mm-hmm. about this, are pointing out correctly that we have a community development problem, not an economic development problem. When you problem. look at the current work of the Business Council, they've done a good job over the last two or three years of turning the corner away from Katrina. Katrina was... It, you know, it was an important element of helping to make sure that we were filling all the gaps left by Katrina. But now, they're now thinking strategically. And Anthony Wilson and Ashley and that, that whole team has done a really good job of helping us understand the things we better do to be competitive. Because if we don't do these things regionally, and, and it's, again, it's not just about Hancock County doing this by yourself. As you pointed out, it's all of us working together. And we're going to have our lunch eat by Chattanooga and Huntsville and any long list of others. Fofo talks about it. Billy Hughes talks about it. Everyone talks about we're it. We're talking it's in about the know. It. So we're, go- we're going to continue our conversation with Bill Cork from the Hancock County Port and Harbor Commission in just a second. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have uh, Bill Cork here, who's executive director and CEO of the Hancock County uh, Port and Harbor Commission. 
I've said a couple of times during this conversation that you've got some big responsibilities and that it's so slightly different than the other economic development organizations. So let's let's help people understand how it's different and what it is. Right. Well, we have Stennis International Airport, Port Bienville, the Port Bienville Railroad, and economic development responsibility for all of Hancock. So County. you actually manage the physical assets. We are an asset-based economic development organization. And um, if you take a look at Harrison County, which a lot of people are familiar with, you have, say, the Port of Gulfport, you've got Gulfport Airport, you've got the Harrison County Development Commission. Um, in Hancock County, we're all three of those things in one organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is great because we're we're nimble. We can we can stitch together a lot of great programs for people. Uh, manage supply chain for our customers uh, directly uh, because we own our own railroad and can can provide logistic support. Um, one thing a lot of people don't realize about our organization is we don't take any ad valorem tax. Uh, we are totally self-sustaining. We generate about four to five million dollars a year net operating income. We've got a strong fund balance of about uh, seventeen to eighteen million dollars. Uh, we are able to self-finance a lot of our capital investment. We do take grants, and we do, you know, we get BP money and the types of things that the other government agencies do. But I like to say we're a nonprofit, uh, for-profit mm-hmm. uh, government organization, and and so we don't, we're not a burden on the taxpayer. We're actually not only helping create jobs and tax base for the community, which are our principal goals. Uh, to leverage those assets into jobs and tax base, but we also generate revenue, so we don't become a burden. So, Bill, uh, let me ask you this: So, uh, what? What? I, I had I mentioned that uh, I've spent some time with Michael Gallus, who's a you know nationally known planner, and when he comes to a community, he looks at rail and do you have a port and how how do the you know, interstates you know connect together and whatever. Think about Hancock's strategic importance: it's proximity to Stennis. Uh, the fact that you have the I-10 corridor right there, the fact that you have next to Port Bienville the opportunity to go straight out. It's shallow drop, but still, it doesn't, for the kind of manufacturing you're doing there, it's critical to them to get to the international, excuse me, the intercoastal waterway mm-hmm. really quickly. Rail and all these, how all these pieces fit together is really strategically important to your overall mission. It really is. You know, we're, we're a logistics provider, essentially. that we're, we're part of the logistics chain for our major industrial customers. And, and what a lot of people may not really realize is that our, our rational nexus, our critical logistics links is with the Port of New Orleans and the New Orleans Public Belt Railroad, which connects, uh, you know, all of our markets to international export destinations. We, we rely on international imports for feedstock for our companies. And um, 50% of all the products produced, say, at Port Bienville, uh, interchange on, by rail through uh, through one of the six Class 1 railroads in New Orleans, which is one of only a couple of places in the United States where six or seven Class 1 railroads interchange. Tell people what Class 1 is. A Class 1 railroad are your big railroad companies. Like, uh, you'll see uh, BNSF or Union Pacific or Canadian National there's a there's a handful of these large intercontinental type of rail uh, companies. Our principal service provider is CSX, as you know, they run along the length of the coast, and uh, they and we interchange with them every day, six days a week, and uh, uh, they provide our principal interchange service. About 50% of the freight goes back on their network out of Port Bienville, and the other 50% interchanges to Western uh, destinations in the U.S. or Mexico or Canada. Um, so we have a huge reliance on on the the New Orleans Gateway for for our inbound and outbound freight. Now at our airport, our principal mission there is actually uh, military maintenance, repair, and overhaul. We're a large uh, remanufacturer of military aircraft. Uh, big companies there like Tionic, which is an Alaskan uh, native 
uh, company has huge contracts with the military to service C-130 aircraft and other type of aircraft. We also have an emerging market right now in foreign military sales. We have our first uh, fleet of uh, vertical takeoff and landing planes called the CV-22 for the Japanese military, and we have other foreign uh, militaries that use our airfield to do maintenance and up, uh, fit up a brand new aircraft they purchase through uh, through these big foreign trade deals that get done on military. So a lot of people don't realize that Stennis is really kind of a mini military base uh, at the same time. Um, we provide general aviation services. And of course, we also market the space business for Stennis, as well as a host of other uh, missions that they have out there, like Navy Oceanography and uh, the, the National Data Buoy Center and and so forth. So it's a massive array of v- various uh, and sundry vertical markets from chemicals and plastics to logistics to space uh, to aviation-related uh, a- activities. Uh, what's so great about my job is that from one day to the next, uh, you know, it's it's a new market in a new country or a new city, and uh, we get to we get to show off what what South Mississippi has to offer. It's amazing. Wow, all right there in Hancock County, and you, people can understand why I continue to refer to Ingalls as a bookend and Hancock County as a bookend. I think probably some people who don't know what's happening in Hancock Bank say, "Why does Ricky always say bookend in Hancock County? What can possibly be equivalent to Ingalls over on this other side?" And you're beginning to kind of get that picture that Bill is telling. What I'm actually curious about, Bill, is interesting to me. You came here in 2016. You sort of understood. You know, you'd spent some time at Stennis. You understood how the pieces fit together. But I think every time you probably turned a corner, there was something else to learn, something, some new opportunity, some new, you know, company that was thinking about being here. Or you found you found a company that was here. That you go, my goodness, I didn't realize they were here. And what they're doing is so important. <clears throat> I bet that the learning curve for you was just unbelievable. Well, one of the things that I screen uh, my employees for, and they'll tell you this if you ask them, is you have to have intellectual curiosity to do this business because uh, you are learning something new every day. And economic development in general is like that. Now, we have some core vertical markets. You know, our chemicals and plastics, aerospace and aviation, these are these are critical where we know we have a competitive advantage. But we're dealing with... Uh, we're dealing with a whole variety of new prospects in our pipeline that are bringing all kinds of new technologies. Like, I mean, who'd have, who'd have thunk it that we'd be doing material science and 3D printing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, parts for things? I mean, it's, this is yeah. all brand new cutting-edge technology, so you have to get smart on it. And then you have to figure out what these business owners are looking for in a partnership with the community in order for them to be successful. And every single one of them has a different need. Uh, there's no cookie cutter way to to address these these business needs, and and so we uh, we've we're, we're very selective about our partners as well. We want to make sure that the companies that are coming to Hancock County, uh, before they ask us for help, are willing t- to contribute to the community. What are you going to give us? It's not just a give a corporate giveaway type of program, and if it's not a good match, we we let them pay their own way. What's interesting, you know, doing my homework, trying to get back up to speed on what's happening as it relates to economic development on the coast, and particularly in Hancock County and, and, you know, preparation for this, is that you win some and you lose some. But even on the ones we lost, I mean, there may be some really big ones we lost. We were actually in the running. That's actually, there's a story behind that in and of itself. The, The process that we're going through to put coastal Mississippi on the map in ways we probably never imagined us being put on the map, that we're actually being taken seriously 
as a potential opportunity here, aren't we? If you only knew, I, there's some of these that I'm still under non-disclosure agreements about, but but we've had opportunities as large as 10 to $12 billion investments with up to 5,000 jobs looking at, at Hancock County, Mississippi. Um, in fact, you know, Part of the part of the challenge that we have as economic developers is many of the companies really don't want their their business plans showcased in the market. Yeah. You'll see the big splashes. You hear the Continental tires, yeah. or you know, Ingalls may win a new big contract, and and a lot of that is uh, is great. And and but many of the companies will not allow us to do press releases on their latest corporate expansion because doing so sends a signal into the market that that lets their competitors know what they're doing. Yeah. So we have seen. Um, you know, just globally, I can say that that every single one of our major companies in Hancock County has expansion plans. Mm-hmm. We have over over the next three to five years, just in existing organic growth from existing companies, as many as 2,000 new jobs being projected and over $450 million in capital investment. These, are, these companies won't let us tell you the details, but just to give you an idea, where are those 2,000 new jobs going to live? Mm-hmm. Where are those folks going to go to school? What kind of programs are they going to have available? Those are the things, the next things we need to be thinking about as a community to make sure that those companies continue to choose to make those investments and grow the business. Jim McElvain talked about traveling the world with Governor Phil Bryant, and then um, Mary Graham from Community College also mentioned that she went to Saudi Arabia was the only woman at a table and the cultural differences of mm-hmm. a very fascinating story. Have you had an opportunity to take any of those trips to the government? I have, you know, but I, I'm very selective about international travel mm-hmm. because we want to be conscious of our investment, you know, in, and it's very expensive and time-consuming, but because we have so many companies that are from other countries, what I try to do is, is, uh, is choose the countries we pick. Uh, like India. I went to India uh, in 2017. I've been to France uh, to meet these companies. Uh, I go and make uh, calls at the corporate headquarters, and then I use their testimonials to introduce me to other companies that may be interested in locating in Mississippi. So, you know, the best way to... uh, the best way to get a resale on a on a product is to get a is to get a testimonial. So we have a very conscious international uh, it's, foreign it's, direct investment. It's so strategy. interesting that Governor uh, Bryant and I'm sure that that Tate Reeves is going to do the same thing. Spent time he would go meet with Benjamin Netanyahu and talk about what's happening at the Ingles and bring Jim along so that Jim could represent that point of view. Uh, the amount of effort and energy from all across the state focused on selling the wares of coastal Mississippi and the rest of the state. For the good of all of us, it's just an incredible amount of energy. I mean, people cannot lay down and sleep anymore, can they? No, it's a, it's a tireless job, and especially with the economy being good now, if we're not getting it now, it, the economy yeah, yeah, will Like, like my dad used to say, you got to get it while the getting is good. good. Right. <laughs> okay, what we're going to do when we come back, uh, this is Bill Cork with the um, Hancock uh, County Port and Harbor Commission. We're going to continue our conversation, kind of sum it all up. What's the future look like? We'll be back after this break. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Bill Cork here, who's the executive uh, director and CEO of the Hancock County Port and Harbor Commission. Man, Bill, the more we talk, the more people, I hope, get an impression of just how critical the bookend of Hancock County's economic engine really is. Um, how do you see the future? You know, you've talked a little bit about, about companies being interested. You, you've mentioned... As, as we're going to the break, we got to get it while the getting's good. There's mm-hmm. no time to sleep. That's right. You, you know, the iron is hot. You got to strike now. You have to. You really mean that because the competitive situation is enormous. Right. 
Talk, talk a little bit about the future. Look, there, you have to do two things at once in this business. You, you have to be able to strike while the iron is hot. But you also have to be able to forecast a little bit and, and look at the crystal ball and find out where the future is. Because in asset-based economic development, it takes years to develop infrastructure. It takes years to build buildings. Uh, and we're in a challenging development environment, let's be honest. I mean, with wetlands and all the regulatory things, insurance issues and so forth. So you have to be able to kind of, you have to be able to put some Kentucky windage on this and, and think about what you're going to hit downrange and be prepared for when it comes. There's three things that we're focusing on right now uh, to do that. One of those is we've developed a, a long-term strategy for aerospace and aviation. And we know that the critical elements of aerospace and aviation uh, are, are going to be workforce development. So we work very closely with Pearl River Community College to establish over the last several years the development of a new campus at Stennis International Airport. It's going to be an aerospace and aviation academy. We've selected a flight school operator, and we're going to start being able to take from sixth graders, 13, you know, 13 year old, maybe eighth graders, start training them as pilots and AMP mechanics and get those folks uh, really from, from middle school on up, get them trained and ready to be the workforce of the future in this aviation and aerospace arena. I mentioned our military uh, maintenance, repair, and overhaul business, but also the new rocket production and, and so forth at Stennis. Another key piece to that aerospace and aviation component is we're licensing Stennis International Airport as a spaceport. Uh, this will be one of about a dozen um, spaceports in the United States when the license is issued, which will allow us to launch horizontally launch rockets from the airport. What does this mean? It means we put a rocket on the bottom of an airplane, like a 737-style airplane or smaller. That rocket takes off, flies over the Gulf of Mexico, points the rocket in the right direction, rocket falls off and goes into low Earth orbit. We know we have a competitive advantage with Stennis for rocket propulsion testing. We now have, pro we have people producing rockets at Stennis. We have to have a place to launch them. And right now, vertical launch really isn't an option. So horizontal launch is the next future. It's going to take a couple years to get through the licensing process. So that's what we're looking downrange as. So you might see Elon Musk in involved here. Yeah, at some you know, point. SpaceX was a tenant at Stennis. Yeah. Uh, they they continue to look Blue Origin, some Jeff Bezos's company. Um, Relativity is our latest. We have Aerojet Rocketdyne, which has been around since Spot was a puppy. They're still doing great things there. Lockheed Martin's doing satellite stuff there. We just had a big announcement. They're bringing in thirty or forty high tech jobs and relocated a factory from California here. Uh, Rolls Royce's jet engine testing programs there are, you know, they're the new Trent 1000. All the latest and greatest jet engines are being tested out there. We have a massive cluster in aerospace and aviation uh, related business, and we're going to focus on that. Chemicals, uh, still huge. We have a, uh, you know, the chemical corridor in Louisiana is full. Mm -hmm. I mean, all those plants in Baton Rouge, they've made such a mess over there. Pardon my, pardon my, our friends to the, to the West here. But, uh, you know, these companies, they, there's no more room at the end. And they're looking now to the suburbs to grow. That's mm -hmm. the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have to think about things like, how are we going to develop new pipelines for raw materials and finished product in this region? How are we going to create the, the, the space to build these plants? So at Port Bienville, for instance, we've just acquired another 1,000 acres adjacent to the port, optioned another uh, 1,200 acres down there. We've just uh, purchased 1,200 acres at Stennis Airport for future growth and expansion. So, you know, we have about three or 4,000 acres now of developed property we didn't have two years ago.
so that when people come a calling, we've got something to we've got something to sell them. So land acquisition is a critical strategy for us uh, for long term growth. And then the third major piece of this is we have to maintain our maritime and logistics rail, in particular related investments. We uh, we're doing a major dredging project this uh, starting this summer, which will reopen all of our our, our waterways to a fifteen foot depth. We also have a twenty six mile rail connection. Uh, that would connect uh, Port Bienville to Nicholson through the Stennis buffer zone in Hancock County, providing a, a second access uh, to the port for rail, because right now we're single served by CSX. That has taken 12 years just to get the environmental and feasibility work done. So it's, uh, it's a lot to think about, but uh, there's a lot going on. It's an incredible conversation. And my sense is that um, I'll have each of you guys who are responsible for economic development back on a pretty regular basis, because there's a lot to talk about. You know, I want this show to be about inspiring people, but at the same time, it's about educating people, helping them understand what it takes to build a strong region. And this is such a relevant part of that overall conversation. We're coming to the end, but one thing I want to mention, you mentioned the partnership with Pearl River Community College, but I think people would be shocked to know how many universities and community colleges are actually collaborating at Stennis. It's, it's enormous, isn't it? It is. I mean, Stennis uh, Space Center has permanent campuses uh, on site with Mississippi State University, the University of Southern Mississippi, um, You've got you've got degree programs going out there uh, inside the fee area at Stennis. Uh, in addition to our Hancock campus and the Future Aerospace Academy, we have a lot of educational opportunities in, in uh, Hancock, and we're really proud of that. Well, Bill, thank you for taking time to, to join me today. You know, I, I, my sense is, um, and my hope is that people will you know listen to this show. The ones that didn't get an opportunity to listen live will listen to it on podcasts, all the all the podcast platforms. Watch it on Facebook Live or YouTube Live and pay attention to the message. And that is that we got to have a lot of smart people at the table, focus on the future, willing to lose sleep at night, focus on a better region. And uh, Hancock County is playing its role in that overall conversation. And I, I appreciate your leadership. So thank you for joining me, buddy. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, yeah, been it's, great. it's my pleasure. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have, we'll see you again tomorrow morning and uh, have a great day. going to get into who I'm having tomorrow. But. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.